Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to today's program of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I am with you for the next hour. I will be your host to answer your questions that you have, perhaps a question that your Bible reading has brought up or you heard a teaching. You want some clarity and understanding. I am here to take your prayer requests as well, and we need to be praying for one another, uh, especially in the days in which we are in. Maybe there's somebody on your heart you want to pray for or circumstance, or you you just need prayer. And uh, we're certainly here to minister to you, to take you to God's Word, to God's truth, and to um, just be able to encourage one another. It's what I love about Calvary Live. This is a show where it's just not academic, Uh, answering questions. We do do that. But this is a time for us to be encouraged in the things of the Lord, to be prayed for, to um, look at God's truth, to to remind each other that God is working in our lives and His Word is true, and that we can go to His Word for wisdom, for understanding, for clarification, for comfort. And so I pray that you do give me a call if you have opportunity. You just heard the call-in number given, 303-690-3000. The hour goes by quickly, so grab one of those open lines um, now, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's talk about the things that are important to you. So we got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000, and love to hear from you. Love for you to be able to call in and ask your questions and to give your prayer requests. There's another means for you to be able to communicate to us a question or a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line. It's for texting only. Nobody will answer uh, that line, but it is 720-336-0897. And I would encourage you, if you don't have those numbers in your contacts, put them in your contacts under Calvary Live, and you can pull it up and give us um, a call or text us a, a question or a prayer request uh, very easily. So the call-in number, 303-690-3000. Text line is 720-336-0897. Let's get the phones ringing, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. The hour can go by very quickly. And as you ask questions and as you uh, ask for prayer, it really is an encouragement to all of us who are listening. So I want to welcome those of you who are listening on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado Pray that you're doing well. It has been quite a season for us, especially over the last couple of months, even the last week with all the fires going on. We do want to pray for those who have lost homes. And absolutely amazing, the Cal Wood fire that burnt on Saturday um, burnt at least 26 homes down. Um, I can't imagine uh, just waking up and and. Um, then one day your home is gone. And so we want to pray for those who have gone through tremendous loss. Uh, The Cameron Peak Fire that has burnt uh, over 200,000 acres, by far the largest fire in Colorado, and then the Mullen Fire up north in the Snowies. 
and it's been difficult because of the smoke and the ash, and we want to pray for those on uh, that are fighting the fires. they got to be exhausted. And also we uh, want to be praying for you know those who are, have been affected this place. There are those that are in hotels up here in northern Colorado where I am, uh, in Loveland and uh, Fort Collins, and they're wondering when they go home if there's going to even be a home that's going to be standing. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's, let's pray for them as we begin the show, as we have opportunity uh, to do that. Father, we do pray for um, all those who have been affected by these fires. We've seen the devastating effects of it, and it's been going on and on. Uh, Lord, we want to pray for those who have lost their homes. And it's more than just brick and wood and mortar and carpet. Uh, it's it's a place of memories. It's a place where we raise our kids. It's a place where uh, we have families that gather and, and friends over. And, and Lord, when that gets lost and everything inside, it, it just um, is devastating. So I pray you be with the families. They're going to be going through the ashes of their homes. Um, those who don't even know if they have a home, we just pray for your comfort. We pray for your provision. We pray for your guidance in every way that you would be one, that you would just um, do a work and and that uh, you'd be with the firefighters, those on the front lines, that you would be with uh, those in the community, the leaders, the sheriff's office, the, the medical people, all those who are involved that this has been going on day after day, week after week, month after month. We just pray for your strength and protection upon them. And so, Lord, we just lift all this up. We pray that there be moisture that moves in, that would suppress these fires, that um, the fires would go out, no longer spread, no more doing damage. And, Lord, we just commit it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, continue to pray for those firefighters. They're exhausted. Um, you know, they've been on the lines for a couple of months. It's been probably the worst fire season in Colorado history that I know of, and uh, we want to continue to lift them up. So, so much is going on. Hey, give me a call if you need prayer for anything, 303-690-3000. And I just want to give a shout out to those who are listening online throughout the nation. Uh, you can call it that number and text as well. That text line is open 24-7 for you to text in a prayer request and uh, someone will uh, be uh, looking at that from Calvary Church, uh, and uh, they will respond. They will be praying for you, and I think that's just a wonderful thing, uh, an opportunity uh, for us to have to be able to text in a prayer request. And then also I want to welcome those who are listening on other Christian radio stations, such as Hope and Truth FM. We welcome you. So glad that we can be a part of your lives out there on the East Coast and other parts of the country. As you're listening on the radio station, whatever Christian station that you're listening to, it is a week delayed, the program, but you can call it 303-690-3000, and uh, we can have our conversation, and then you can listen to it later. So we got a couple open phone lines Give me a call. Ask your questions, prayer requests. Let's go to Chris in Arizona. Hi, Chris. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. I thank you for taking my call. And I'm calling in regards to intimate partner violence and domestic violence and how God uh, speaks about that in, in marriage. Uh, just a little bit of quick background. Um, my wife and I have been married for five years. We've been together for eight coming out of uh, other marriages before. We both have adult children. And um, 
there were there was a lot of uh, physical violence between the two of us, and then it shifted a couple of years ago after a, an event that occurred during one of those altercations to where now it's emotional and verbal abuse, uh, things such as accusatory things of, of affairs and, and stuff like that. And what, what I was calling, it's, it's a problem that's so prevalent, especially in the Christian church as well, the, the statistics, and, and I know this because of some of my research that I do, the statistics right. are almost the same as the secular world. But what, what I really need to focus on is really what does God say about a man and a woman and with abuse and and something that we can and put our hope and our faith and our trust in, rather yeah, than just and, being silly and, and being ridiculous as two adults that can't uh, control themselves. Well, I think, Chris, that the key is found in the book of Ephesians, for example, and there's other, you know, verses that we can go to, but I think of Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul begins to write about the roles of, of husbands and wives. Um, you can also go in Ephesians, and you can see how he talks about how you communicate to each other. So, for example, you talked about verbal abuse, you know, accusing one another. When Paul the Apostle writes in Ephesians chapter 4, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed by the day of redemption. I know that when I do premarital uh, counseling, I take people through portions of chapter 4 into chapter 5, where we're to walk in love, we're to walk in the light, we're to walk in wisdom. Then Paul the Apostle, he goes on, he says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, that makes no room for any kind of uh, abusive language, tearing each other down, all those kinds of things that you have been describing, that you are to be ones, that you are speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, speaking of the things of the Lord, imparting grace to the hearers, no corrupt word proceeding out of your mouth. Now, when it comes to physical abuse, there's absolutely no room for or for you know any kind of physical confrontation between a husband and a wife. The husband is to love their wife as Christ loves the church. You know what that means? That means that you're willing to lay down your life for her, you're willing to serve her, to cherish her, to love her as Christ did unconditionally, and you are to wash her with the water of the word, to present you know her as, even as Paul says that, present her to himself a glorious church, because you are to be an example in a picture of of Jesus, who is our bridegroom, we are the bride of Christ. He he talks about that. And here's the thing to remember, Chris, that Paul gives the definition of marriage in chapter 5. He says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. There's a oneness that is there. And when there is abuse, when there is separation, when there is tearing each other down, it, it tears at that one flesh. And God desires to bless our marriages for the husband to take the lead in gentleness and kindness. That's the fruit of the Spirit. You can go through all these verses. The key is, what is your conduct as a Christian? Is it being abusive? Is it being physically abusive? No. So why would you do that to your spouse? You're to put on kindness and gentleness and self-control. All those things are the fruit of the Spirit. But it is the, the fleshly you know, uh, things 
that he talks about, that you are to put away bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking from all of that. So those are good chapters to go over, you know, that how it is that you treat one another, how you communicate to one another, your role as a husband um, in, in being the lead in the house. It doesn't mean you get to walk around all dictatorial and your spouse is a doormat for you to walk on or to abuse in any way. It is, I am to love you as Christ loves the church. And he was willing to lay down his life for us. And he served us. And he is one that is gentle to us. And so those are the things, Lord, help me to do that. And um, and that God wants to bless that Christian marriage. Yes, sir. So, you know, there's, some, that's there's what, a unique situation involved in, um, well, my daughter's a teenager now, but uh, she was abused by her step-parents, her stepfather, a couple of years ago, so I have full custody of her, and what right. happened was is that my stepson with my wife's son, he was a major drug user as a teenager, and he was constantly arrested, and it caused a, a major disruption in the home because if anything yeah. happened, I mean, he, there's been assaults with knives at me, and gotten arrested or anything like that, I would lose my daughter. So I had sole custody of her. And what ended up happening is we ended up two years ago having two separate homes. And that's another battle that we're dealing with where we have two separate homes where we're living um, two different households, even though we're married. And she and I still, uh, you know, we go to church together. We, we go out to dinner. We go on dates together and things like that. But because we don't have that structure of a, of a traditional marriage where we're in one home, and I look at it in the sense of being in the military as well, where you have somebody on deployment and they're still leading their home that way. And that's kind of what we've been having to deal with until he turns 18 and hopefully can get himself into a vocation or into a, a job somewhere. But yeah. he's a juvenile. Yeah. And that's we're, yeah. we're dealing with so many things. And, I, and it just causes more stress, you know? Absolutely. And when stress comes into the marriage, it, it does. It, it adds to it. But there needs to be a coming together with you and your wife. I always tell people it's awfully hard to work on your marriage when you're not in the same house. And that's right. one of the challenges that you have right now. And to look at, I don't know what the legal ramifications are with having a minor and everything, but I do know this, that you are to protect your home and you're to protect your wife. And and so to you know seek good, not only godly counsel in that, but to seek the good legal counsel and all that to protect your home. And I'm sorry you're going through those difficult things. I can't imagine, just in a couple of minutes that I've heard you, the stress that you're going through. But I do want to pray for you. And really, you know, Lord, how can I? Um, because it makes it more challenging for you to come together with your wife. You guys need to come together. You need to be praying together. You need to be seeking God together as much as you can. And coming together as a family and, um, you know, you don't have any easy answers is what I'm hearing, but I believe that God wants to work. So, Father, I just pray for Chris, and he's in this difficult situation, and and he would look at Scripture and at least how he treats, um, you know, and talks to uh, his wife. And they would come together with, you know, you being the, the foundation, you filling their hearts with a calmness, knowing that you want to work and with your spirit and how they talk to each other, building each other up, not tearing each other down, how they treat one another, serving one another, that you would resolve these issues that they are facing so that they can grow together 
um, in their relationship with you and with each other, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I just pray for Chris that you be with him and help him in this time because there's nothing too difficult for you to help in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you'll be praying for you, Chris. Hey, God bless you. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And give me a call. we got a couple open lines for your questions and your prayer requests. The text line is 720-336-0897. I will say this. There's no room for any domestic violence um, in the marriage. And I always tell people um, in the marriage, if somebody is being abused, you can call the governing authorities. That is what they are there for to call the governing authorities and make sure that you're in a place where you're safe. But, you know, as Christians, the Lord desires, he has spelled out how we are to treat one another, even as brothers and sisters in the Lord, how to treat our children, how to treat our spouse. And that is men serve your wives, love her as Christ loves the church. So 303-690-3000. We got a couple open lines. Let's go to Maryland on the East Coast where Laura's on line two. Hi, Laura. Hi there. Um, so I had a question about um, traditions, I guess is what you would call it. I was listening to another program this morning on Hope FM talking about how difficult it's to shake traditions. And so my question is about Halloween, and is there any um, biblical reference or any validity to having Halloween anymore? Um, I think about when I go to the store, I always try to avoid the aisles so my children don't see all that. <laughs> Some of the, There's a lot more scary yeah. stuff nowadays, but I also kind of have the thought in my mind of they need to know that there's bad stuff in the world, so I'm not really sure how to t- t- tell them that there's this spiritual warfare and you know how to explain what it is that's out there in the world that is bad without scaring them too much. And then I know it's all commercial, you know, candy and costumes and whatnot, but there was a time when I first heard about Halloween was that people used to dress their children up to protect them from evil spirits and things like that. I feel like right. that's kind of a joke, but anymore, I, like, I don't believe that. But at the same time, I'm not really sure how to think about it or approach it anymore. Well, you're asking a good question. I think a lot of Christians are confronted with this, you know, particularly when it comes to Halloween you know, it's interesting because Halloween, I believe, has become the second um, biggest holiday of the year next to Christmas. I mean, the money that is spent on it, the activities, you know, uh, the uh, it's just become a very, very popular holiday for some reason. When I was a kid, you, you know, many, many years ago, to me, Halloween was going out and getting a bunch of candy. And um, But as a Christian, as we begin to understand that he's brought us out of the darkness into his marvelous light, we know that as we read the scriptures that we're not to have anything to do with darkness, with witches and that which points to evil, that which um, you know speaks of demons and, and things like that. So I think as a Christian, that's very clear to us. So how do we explain that to our kids? How do we tell them that, you know, we're not going to be a part of this. This year is different because it used to be that churches would have an alternative. They would have what was called 
uh, a harvest gathering or, you know, a, a day where kids could come. They could maybe dress up in, in a Bible, you know, character or something like that. They could have fun. They gather together. There are churches that did that so they can be a part of that. Um, some Christians um, disagree with that. Some churches do that. I don't think it's wrong for us to be light on a day that celebrates darkness. And I think the key for you, Laura, and for all Christians, how can I be light in a day that celebrates darkness? And and to talk with your kids about that. Um, but I think that we are to avoid all the darkness, the evil, the witches, the, you know, the the stuff like that, um, because as Christians, we're not to entertain those things. The Bible's very clear about it. And you know, to you know, to the kids, they they want to get some candy, right? And mm-hmm. um, it's you know, they see it as a fun night or something. Now this year is more challenging because churches are not going to be doing the harvest thing because of restrictions. At least here in Colorado, I'm sure that it's probably the same out there on the East Coast. And so it does make it more challenging. Matter of fact, um, I think that parents can be creative, that they can do some things together, do some things together as a family, but to keep the light in it, that's the key. That's the key. Whenever you go into a dark room, what do you do? Turn the lights you on. Turn, you turn the lights on. So turn the lights on with your kids and explain that to them. And I think that they understand. I think they understand that because they know that Halloween is scary and it's about witches and, and demons and all this stuff. I had a uh, somebody call uh, just recently, uh, um, somebody who was young, asking about, you know, reading Harry Potter books. Should I do that? Is it okay? Kids enjoy doing that. But again, the same answer, what the Bible tells us, that really that we are to watch out for, stay away from, because those things do affect us. But it's amazing how Halloween uh, has become so popular. And I don't think Christians that we should be celebrating the darkness at all. But we can bring light into the darkness. And how you do that is something that, that you can pray about and then talk with your kids about. Okay, thank you. And then um, as a side topic, um, I just wanted to have a prayer request for um, any woman or couple who might be considering um, having an abortion or um, just thinking that it's okay. Um, I was telling the person before I talked with you that at one point in my life when I was younger, um, I was pro-choice, and I'm since now pro-life all the way. I always thought it was good for people to have choice, even though that was never something that I would choose to do, I thought, well, why shouldn't people have a choice? And um, now I just don't see it as a choice anymore. I do see it as taking a life and, you know, we shouldn't be murdering um, people as one of the Ten Commandments, but, you know, I'm really glad my mom didn't have a choice, even if she would have thought, you know, I don't want to be, but, you know, I'm here. And I don't think it's fair for people to think that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Laura, (laughs) the Lord says, Choose between life and death. In the book of Jeremiah, the Lord said, Know the way of death, know the way of life. We're to choose life. We're to choose life. So, Father, I just pray that, Lord, this is an issue that has plagued our nation. Um, Over 65 million aborted babies. 
that you formed in the womb were taken. And Lord, I know that there's forgiveness to the one who's out there listening that perhaps had an abortion, um, that is feeling the guilt and the shame, that there is forgiveness from you and there is grace that is extended. But for anyone who may be thinking of uh, an abortion right now, who may be listening, maybe somebody is, that they would understand that they are to choose life, that that child you know, that you are forming in that mother's womb, that you wonderfully make them and fashion them, as David wrote in Psalm 139. And we just pray, Lord, that um, that you would just uh, help us to stand for the sanctity of life, because life is so precious in your sight. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. You Have bet, Laura. Thanks for, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000. Got a couple, well, we got one open line. Um, we're getting ready to go to break here in a couple minutes, but I do want to go to Fred in Windsor. Hi, Fred. Hi. Hi, Pastor Jeff. You're on Calvary Live. Um, yeah, um, I have a 13-year-old son, and um, he's suffering excuse me, from uh, a debilitating uh, depression and anxiety. And um, I can't get get him to school. Um, I'm just kind of reaching out, looking for some prayer, some scriptures that I could read with him. I mean, I always take everything back to Jesus. And, And I know in those moments it helps. But it's hard to see him suffer so bad. It is. It is hard. And I'm so sorry you're seeing that. And we can share Scripture. And one of the things that you can do, Fred, is read in some of the Psalms, you know, and just pray with him and reassure him. And, and you know, you know, David was one that read the Psalms to him. I think those Psalms bring such comfort because David would say, Why you cast down all my soul? And and he really was discouraged to read those stories about how Elijah was in the cave of depression there in First Kings when he ran from Jezebel. And the Lord said, Elijah, I got something for you to do. You know, I got a plan for you. You know, in Jeremiah 29, as the Lord would say to those who felt like they had no future, that I am your future and your hope, the Lord says in Jeremiah 29, 11. In the book of Philippians, as Paul was in a, a place of being in prison, that he says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And just remind him as much as you can of what he can be thankful for, that he does have a hope. Because we're seeing a lot of this with our sons and our daughters that are particularly young, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. We're really seeing this. And the enemy is working overtime. And to do some practical things, Fred, you probably already know, you know, the social media is beating our kids up, you know, all the other stuff. And they just feel so discouraged. And and so, you know, those are the things. I I don't allow them to have a social media account, you know. um, But video games is a thing. Um, is an issue as well. Um, But I I just need to help my, my son. I mean, I just love him so much, you know. Absolutely. I want Absolutely. him to, you know, see his his value. Some of the things that he says is, is really hard to hear as a parent. 
Yeah. You know, Fred, we're getting ready to go to break. You may hear the music, but but you know, after the break, I do want to pray for him, and I want to pray for you for you as well for wisdom. But you know, I think washing with the water of the Word, you know, renewing our minds with the Spirit of God, just encouraging him. And I know you know these things, and to stay close to him, and to just keep reassuring him with the comfort of God and with the the word of God and and to go that route and so I want you to hang on okay, okay. we're going to go yeah. to break Fred and then when on the other side okay. of break we're going to pray for your son we're going Thank to you. break we'll be right back this is Calvary Live grab one of those open lines Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. You just heard those numbers, how you can be a part of the show. The call-in number, 303-690-3000. So give us a call and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and answer your questions and, and to pray for you as you give your prayer requests. The text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So text in a question. We may have time as we continue through the show, and uh, we'll go to those text questions and prayer requests and love to be able to do that. This is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this afternoon. Always a pleasure to be with you. Just a real quick announcement, then we're going to go back to Fred uh, that we were talking to before the break from Windsor. But I do want to let you know that we are doing in-person services on Sunday morning here at Calvary Greeley. You up here in northern Colorado, we would love to have you come visit us. We're studying Matthew 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock, and you can come join us, and uh, you can register for the service. We're registering um, for children's ministry, for the services, for all three services and you can do that at Calvary Chapel Greeley, all one word, dot org, O-R-G. And uh, you can watch the services online as well. And then also, I just want to put a shout out to the young adults, the college-age students you at UNC or Ames, or if maybe you're working. You don't have to be going to a, uh, a university or a community college. Uh, but we have Friday night, 7 o'clock, young adults, a lot of young people coming. And uh, they really need fellowship. And if you need that, we'd love to see you come out uh, at 7 o'clock on Friday nights at Calvary Chapel Greeley. Look at our website for the location. Love to meet you, serve you, and um, lots of good things that are happening, even in the midst of all the things that uh, we are going you know, through with the restrictions and everything. So check it out. Love to have you come. Fred, are you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. So, Fred, I know it's it's so hard and it's so difficult, and um, I'm seeing so many of our young people going through it, but stay close to him, you know, keep praying for him, pray over him, pray with him, and just, you know, those things that, um, you know, hopefully, I think what helps is when they can talk with, you know, their parents can talk with you about the things that they're really struggling with. And so, Father, I just pray for Fred Give him wisdom. Give him wisdom as he ministers to his son. And Lord, um, to, to see our children in agony, to see them in despair is so difficult. It tears at us. So give Fred wisdom. Give him strength. 
Lord, I pray that you would touch his son who's in this, it feels like I'm sure, this pit of despair, that he would know that you are his hope, you are his future, that that he can go to you with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard his heart and mind in Christ Jesus, that you are the God of comfort that comforts us in all of our tribulations. And Lord, I just pray that he would uh, come to you and call out to you when his heart is overwhelmed, just as David did in Psalm 61, to be that place of stability, that place of, uh, Lord, of surety, of certainty, and he needs that because our young people are so, it's so hard. All the things that are around us that bombard them, um, that brings them down, I just pray that you would just do a healing in his mind and in his heart, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go and be Thank praying, you, Fred. Okay. Okay. God, God I appreciate bless. you. You bet, Fred. Absolutely. 303-690-3000. A lot of our young people are really going through it. And I know that some of you that are listening out there, that you have you know, a child, a grandchild that is really going through it. Keep praying for them. Keep feeding them the Word of God, giving them a message of hope. And just um and it is so so hard, difficult days. And um and so we just pray for God's strength and wisdom as parents and grandparents as we minister to our young people. Let's see where we're at. Let's go to Ryan and Thornton. Hi, Ryan. Good afternoon. You, thanks for holding. Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. I am I'm I'm a deep deep issue but a lot of that deepness God has already sorted out so I'm calling in today for some wisdom um some advice on how to encourage others to forgive because forgiveness first I know starts with acknowledging what God has given us and that he has forgiven us And my struggle right now is with not being allowed to let that depth, that understanding, that peace that I have found penetrate to someone else to where they can also forgive not only themselves but me. Right. And, you know, forgiveness, Ryan, as you bring it up, and I'm thankful that the Lord has done that work in your heart because— there is the imperative to forgive, as we see in Scripture. And I think that one of the hardest things that God has called us to do is to forgive, especially when we've been hurt, when we've been cut deep, and to remember that it is a choice that we make. It's a a command that God gives to us. But, you know, a lot of times we're not holy enough to do that uh, in our own flesh, in our own ability. So it has to be a supernatural work of God going to him and saying, Lord, help me. You've told me in your word that I am to forgive. I hear your voice. I don't want to harden my heart to it, but I I need to forgive. I choose to forgive. And, and to do it, sometimes we have to do it over and over again, bit by bit, day by day. And, you know, if we don't do that and give it to the Lord, then we want to become vengeful. And the Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord in the book of Hebrews and other places as well in the Scripture. 
And the reason that he says that is because don't you mess with it because you can't handle it. So to be forgiving is is a supernatural work of God. It is a choice that we make, and then that person doesn't have power over me anymore. Um, And that's free, and I think that's what you're expressing, just the joy of it, to be able to do it. It does not dismiss what somebody did to hurt us or condone or, you know, um, it's no big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. And it does not mean that relationships will automatically be restored. Those relationships still may be severed. Those relationships still, you know, uh, may be separated. Um, But at least there's forgiveness that that person um, is not going to have power over me. Because if you don't forgive, then it starts to really, the bitterness sets in, the wrath, the anger. It's like cancer, and it begins to grow. So, you know, you can pray for that person, um, that, you know, you desire for there to be forgiveness towards you, um, to, you know, just talk with them. Um, but that's the choice that they're going to have to come up with. And just to pray that Lord open up their hearts, that they'll forgive me and, uh, or, you know, whatever the circumstance might be and allow the Lord to do that work, uh, that, you know, that you're praying about in that person that, you, you know, that, you want to see them forgive and and to experience what you have experienced. Can I need to change my uh, my prayer request to one of endurance mm-hmm. because I am having a very hard time enduring the unforgiveness from others, and yeah, not not that they deserve it. Not that I deserve it, but that it's there. Yeah. And I yeah. don't want it to tear down or separate or divide anymore. I don't want the division is the right word. I don't want um, the yeah. loss of the acknowledgement of the Almighty and His forgiveness to bear down on me anymore. So I need to change my prayer request to endurance. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. And so, Father, I do pray for Ryan. I pray you know the circumstance, the situation, who it involves. And Ryan has forgiven, but, Lord, uh, he desires for those um, that are linked to him in his life during this time, this this circumstance, in the relationships that um, he would love to see be restored. But, Lord, it begins with forgiveness Help him to endure these things that weigh on his heart day by day, moment by moment. Give him a peace that rules in his heart. And, Lord, that uh, he would just give it to you and cast his cares upon you because you care for him, that you would intervene in this situation, that you would help those that, that he desires for there to be forgiveness and restoration and to move forward, um, that you would do that work in them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. You bet, Ryan. Thanks for calling. We'll be praying. Hang in there, okay? 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air. we got a couple open lines. Love to talk to you. Love to answer your questions. Love to be able to pray with you. The text line 720-336-0897. And we're going to go back to the phone lines, but as I do, 
We got a couple open lines, so grab one of those open lines. We got plenty of time in the show. We're going to go to, I believe it's Lisa in New Jersey. Lisa? Hello. Hi, how are you? God bless you. I'm good. Well, thank you. You're on Calvary Live. Well, I want to thank you. I just feel like I had a message through uh, your last call, Brian, with forgiveness. So um, that really touched my heart. Uh, Pastor, I listen to you on my way home every day from work, and uh, I feel like I came to the Lord quite some quite a few years ago and with the covid and things that have happened in my life over the past six months i I stopped going to church i fell away um and i feel the evil i feel the presence just like it's like the devil just keeps attacking me attacking me and i felt like i fell away from the lord i was bringing people to the lord and i feel like i fell away from him and i i I want to repent, and I need prayer for strength, strength for the future of what is about to happen. I'd like to—I know I have a calling. I feel I have a calling, and I need to get that relationship back with the Lord. I need prayer. I need strength. I need fellowship. And right now, I don't have any of that. So, Well, certainly going to pray for you, and— I sense just listening to you that the Lord is really, you know, pressing these things on your heart and convicting you. One of the things to keep in mind is that we can be thankful that the Lord brings correction, that he convicts us. Um, He does it because he loves us and he's desiring to draw you to himself. I think what has happened to uh, a lot of people and even Christians during this pandemic is all of a sudden the shutdown came it was very abrupt. Um, they said it was going to be for a few weeks. Well, it's going to extend a few more weeks. It's been a few months. Now we're going on to eight months. And what has happened during that time? A couple of things. Number one is isolation has come. Many churches shut down. They weren't having in-person services. Some churches still are not doing that. And yeah. fellowship is so important. Um and and that's why we really worked hard and really prayed about getting in-person services back starting at the end of May. We, we're dealing with restrictions. We're trying to be careful. We're registering for services. But I realize that people are being isolated. And, you know, fellowship with God is very important, right, Lisa? Well, Amen, fellowship, yes. <laughs> fellowship with one another is very important. That's why we hear about it in the Scriptures. Don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together. You know, to build one another up. We're the body of Christ. You know, encourage one another because it is so critical that we're together, especially in the day in which we're in. So number one, isolation took place. The second thing that took place is I think over time some bad habits began to develop with Christians. Well, I, I can stay at home. I can just watch online. Um, I don't need to go to church. And I know that there are those who are listening online that that they have health issues, they have health concerns, they they don't feel comfortable coming out and being with the crowds. We show no judgment or have no judgment against those. We understand that and and we miss them and we want to encourage them. But for some, it's it's has been, well, you know, I kind of been out of the church thing for a while. I, I can kind of stay away. 
And one of the tactics of the enemy is to pull you away from the brethren and to isolate you. And I know that's been a tactic that he has used. And then to go in and, and try to bring division in the church. And, you know, we're arguing over, you know, we're determining who's spiritual, whether they wear a mask or don't wear a mask, whether they social distance, don't social distance, you know, all this stuff. So the enemy's had some tools that he hasn't had for a while to begin to isolate us and begin to pull us away from others, pull us away from the Lord, develop bad habits. You know, that's a tactic that he has, and that's why I always encourage people on the show, even before this pandemic happened, because I've been doing Calvary Live for six years now, and be in fellowship, be with other believers, be with groups uh, of people that will encourage you, build you up, you know, pray for you. The church is vital today, especially when we see all the, the junk around us and how messy and messed up it is. So I the know. Lord is convicting you, Lisa, drawing you to him. And it's not condemnation because there's no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. So rejoice in that and take heed to the Lord and forgetting those things which are behind now, pressing forward to those things which are ahead. You move forward in the things of the Lord and what he has for you. So, Father, I pray for Lisa as she hears your voice, as she is feeling the conviction. The Lord, she said she she's going to repent and and turn to you so help her to to be in fellowship i don't know uh, out there in new jersey what the restrictions are but to 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 press in on you to move forward and lord um no more tricks of the enemy deception of the enemy but to be with the brethren to be sensitive to your leading and what you have for her because you want to use her you want to use all of us in the these days that we're in, we're here for such a time as this. And Lord, to use her to minister to others, to build others up, grow her in the love and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Have your hand upon her. May she move forward to run her race with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. you God bless you so much. Thank you for you being bet, on the air. Absolutely. And thank you Lisa. for helping me with that. I feel... I feel a sense of relief in my heart, and I know that that's yeah. the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Yeah. You you move forward. You keep moving forward, all right? Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a beautiful evening. Thank you. appreciate it. That's the word for all of us. Press forward. Paul said that forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Put it under the blood of Christ. Move forward. He wants to use all of us in these days. And sometimes we look around and we think everything's falling apart. There's so much uncertainty. We have one thing that is certain, the gospel. We have one thing that's certain, the Lord's on the throne. One thing for certain, we belong to a kingdom that lasts forever. One thing for certain, he wants to use you. So move forward. And and it's hard and it's difficult. We're adjusting and, and all of this. But the Lord wants to strengthen us and he wants to use us. And he desires for us, you know, to continue the things of the Lord. One of the things is when I'm teaching the, the book of Daniel to a Calvary Bible Institute class in Peru to the students there. And Daniel, when he sees these visions of all the, the things that are going to happen in the last days, it said that he was overwhelming, he fainted. But then he got up and he was about the king's business. And when we look at it all, we can get so overwhelmed and, and feel like fainting and we become weak. 
but the Lord desires for us to be about the king's business, to move forward, and to be about the things that he would have us to do. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Kurt in Colorado Springs. Hello, Pastor. Love you, brother. I appreciate everything you do, and God bless you, sir. But my question is this. Um, the Heavenly Father um, ex- um, has a way of life. Um, he is a way of life. Um, the gospel is a way of life. Um, why does man follow man-made religion, from Christianity to Buddhism? Why well, do they, because... Why do they, yeah, because there's a deception that's out there. You know, Jesus is the way. He is the life. He's not a way. And what man comes along and says, well, here's a way, and it has all these different things that, um, you know, he comes up with. And that's been a problem with mankind from the very beginning, making God in their own image. Uh, that is defining God in their own definition. And that's why the Bible is so important, because God declares himself in the Bible, in the Word of God, and there's only one God, there is none other, and and he comes and he declares himself. Jesus, he comes and he provides salvation for us, and then he says, I am the way, not a way, but the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But there is man that comes along and with, you know, the enemy who is behind all the deception, you know, the darkness, the God of this world. You know, one of the ways that he deceives is you can become spiritual. You can be one that you can be in touch with God, but it's this way, and it leads to deception and death. He told Eve, hey, you don't need to eat of that tree. You can be like God. You know, you'll know between good and evil. And he appealed to her spirituality. So there are those who will define God in their own way, and they will worship God in their own way, just like the children of Israel did in following after those idols. And they were being spiritual. They were being religious, but being spiritual and being religious does not save anyone. It is turning to the true and the living God as revealed through the Word of God, one God, the Creator of heaven and earth that sent His Son to die for you and for me. And that's why we need to make that that declaration very, very clear to others. Because here's the thing, that Jesus rose from the grave and conquered sin and death. Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, they're all still in the in the grave. Only Jesus rose from the grave and prove that he's the Son of God. So we need to make that very clear to people. All right, Kurt? Yes, sir, my brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, and God bless you, and you enjoy your day. Hey, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Love to hear from you guys down in Colorado Springs. Got a lot of good friends listening on 101.7 on Grace FM. Always think about you guys. Pray that you guys are doing well, and um, what a blessing. Hey, let's go to Debbie in Denver. Hi. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just had a prayer request and um, was hoping for some guidance um, in talking with my young teenage daughter. Um, I recently found out that she has been interested in some Asian cartoons that are depicting two males falling in love. And so I'm concerned about it, and I appreciate her open honesty with me, so I don't want to um, discourage that, but I... Also, 
you know, I'm obviously concerned about the direction that this is heading and need some guidance there and some prayer. Yeah. Well, I think that um, that it is good that she's willing to talk to you about it. That's one of the things that is an encouragement that um, when the kids, um, our kids, grandkids, are still willing to come and talk to you, that's a good thing. And we can talk to them honestly about these things because, you know, she's watching these shows depicting, depicting homosexuality. You can't get away from it. It's, it's, it's on a lot of shows. It's all around us. It's seen in our culture as being okay, um, and don't be judgmental. And so we need to talk to them about this, what the Scripture has to say about it and what the Word of God has to say about it. So, Debbie, I would encourage you to continue to do that and um, have those conversations with her. And um, and I, that's going to go a long ways in helping and uh, to share those verses what God has to say, Romans chapter 1, how God looks at it, and how God's desire, because what it does is then it leads into other discussions about purity. It leads into discussions about, um, you know, what's the definition of, of marriage according to God that's between a man and a woman. You know, all these different moral issues that will expand from that, because it, we know that today in our culture it's a lot more than just homosexuality it's about all kinds of things, transgender, these things that are going to come up that she'll probably be talking to you about. So you want mm-hmm. to show her what God's Word has to say. You want to pray with her and keep giving her truth and um, and and take it from there and um, really show her what God's intention is for her, what God's intention is between a man and a woman in marriage, morality, you know, purity, all these things that are going to be very important for her to understand. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank okay. you. It's, you know, I, I, it, it used to be years ago, it was a very uncomfortable thing to talk to our kids about or even bring up in discussion. But we need to do that. And we need to really be open with their kids about, you know, the things that we see in culture, the, the things that are out there that the world says is okay and let's celebrate it and all this and match it with the Word of God because eventually, you know, your daughter and our children get out on their own and the world's mm-hmm. going to be there waiting for them. The world's going to be there waiting for the, them to say that, no, 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 what you learned, you know, forget about it and these things are okay. We need to get them as much as we can grounded in the Word of God, the truth of God, and to do it in a way where we're not condemning and overbearing, but to say, listen, that that this is what God has for us, intended for us, the way to live. This is the good way, you know, because His ways are right. These things will deceive you. These things will lead you astray. And to know this, you know, I'm, I think of right now First John, that the Lord says, and this is the, the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And for our children to understand that every commandment of the Lord, listen, is an expression of his love. It's an expression of his love for us. And God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to sin. And he doesn't want you to be deceived. And he doesn't want you to think that these things are okay. But every commandment is an expression of his love and it's not burdensome. And God doesn't give us these commandments to burden us or to be a killjoy in life 
or to make their life boring and all of this. It is to keep you safe and to have joy and experience the blessings of the Lord and to take it in that way. And then we get to give that message to others. We get to give that message to others around us because they need to hear the gospel. They need to know that Jesus loves them and died for them and that there is a truthful way. It's like I was talking about earlier in the show that, Jeremiah, you need to tell them the way of death and the way of life. And you and I have a message of life, don't we, Debbie, to give to Mm -hmm. our children and the way of life and the abundant life that he has. So you keep focused on that. Keep talking to her and just encouraging her in that. Thank you. Can I pray for you? That'd be great. Father, I pray for Debbie. She ministers to her daughter and our children that are watching these things. Lord, that we want to give truth to them. We want to talk to them about purity and how you desire for us to live and your intentions for us. And Lord, I just pray that you'd open up the heart, soften the heart of her daughter, that she would come to understand these things. And Lord, our children are facing all these things to a greater degree. All of us are. We want to be established in your goodness and in your truth. Work that in our hearts, Lord, that we can share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessings, Debbie. You bet. God bless you. Hey, we had a great show today. Thank you for everybody who's called in. Keep in the scriptures. Keep praying. Keep close to the Lord. And we'll talk to you next time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.